Hello and welcome to Tales from the Dog House, Separation Anxiety Explained. I am Ness Jones in Australia from Separation Anxiety and Dogs Decoded and with me today is... I am Stacey Bell with Focused Fun in the US. Today for um, Mental Health Awareness Month this May, we have a very special guest, um, Eva Marin, um, and she's joining us to kind of help us um, address the, the mental health issues surrounding having a dog with separation anxiety, because we all do know that impacts our mental health. Um, so, you know, by talking about it, we really hope to fight the stigma a little bit if there are still people feeling that way, which I think there are, um, provide support to those of you who are struggling and try to educate those who are not struggling. So, um, Eva, tell us a little bit about yourself. Before you do that, Eva, perhaps we could just mention Stacy's um, connectivity issues. Poor Stacy is having a little bit of technical Wi-Fi connectivity issues. Um, so she keeps jamming so a little bit, but so please be patient, bear with us. Um, she's, yeah, uh, we're doing, we'll do the best we can. <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd better mention that at the start of the show, um, especially if anybody's watching on YouTube because it keeps fuzzing and the sound isn't quite syncing with uh, the video. Like now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yes. Hello. Thank you. I really appreciate both of you having me. I think this is great. Um, so a little about me. I am a social worker. Um, so I've been in the mental health field doing therapy, um, gosh, for 17 years um <laughs> like hurts to say that out oh, loud <laughs> um through just kind of all various different populations and groups um currently i provide mental health counseling all virtually so all through zoom um to people kind of all over the united states with a variety of of mental health struggles, depression, anxiety, um, trauma, all sorts of things. And, you know, mostly it's kind of adults. Um, and yeah, it's really, it's really great. I love doing the, uh, virtual therapy. It was not something that I thought would ever work. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, COVID happened and it was forced. And then I decided I would never go back. So, Right, right. So tell us about your specific situation, because I think our listeners will be really, really interested in that. And because um, I think it puts you in a really good position to really empathize and support uh, folks struggling with a dog with really any behavioral struggle, but um, yeah, separation yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Um, so I have, I look down cause he's over there. Um, I have, <laughs> I have two dogs. Um, I have one with separation anxiety. Um, he also has a lot of other anxiety and behavior related struggles. Um, we actually discovered his separation anxiety when he started showing some aggression towards our other dog and we tried to separate them and kind of rotate dogs and discovered that he was screaming when he was in another room away from us um and worked through multiple trainers had some negative experiences with some trainers um had some more positive experiences um and now you know we've got him we've seen a veterinary behaviorist um work with a trainer specifically for she kind of specializes in dog 
reintroducing dogs that have fought. Um, and so she kind of helps us with that. We have all the, he also has some reactivity all things. All and yeah, all the things, noise sensitivity, everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that when there are, you know, more than one behavioral struggle going on, like, um, you know, dog to dog, um, interactions, reactivity, stranger danger, mm-hmm. um, separation anxiety, and perhaps some health complications as well. Health it health does make too, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it does make it a lot um, more difficult to work through the case just because there are so many factors um, mm-hmm. to account for. So yeah. um, you have definitely been through it with Finn. Um, tell us how your, um, partner kind of fits into the, the whole, um, picture. Um, so right now, you know, our, and and I think in a, in a lot of ways, we're pretty lucky. Um, I cannot imagine doing what we do if I was a single person by myself. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, we're fairly lucky in that we can kind of divide and conquer, um, you know, and so she spends a lot of time with our other dog, um, mostly because he's very hyper attached to me. And so we will switch sometimes, but he doesn't do well with that for super long. Um, and we've definitely had some struggles with you know, kind of being on the same page about things, um, and what to do and how to handle things. Um, I think as time has gone on, we have kind of gotten more on the same page and kind of more, you know, I think at this point I've done so much research and we've worked with so many people that, you know, it's kind of, routine now, I guess, to manage things in a certain way and, and deal with them. And I think that's made it easier just because it's more normal at first when it's this huge change of, okay, we have to separate these dogs. Plus he can't be left alone. Suddenly Mm -hmm. our whole lives are different. I think people react to that differently. And I think, you know, we definitely reacted to it differently. Um, but I think, you know, as time went on, it became easier for both of us to kind of handle it and deal with it. Um, I still do most of his, he's with me all the time. Um, we do a lot of training. So, um, yeah, we, we try to be on the same page as much as possible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I know that you have worked with um, some um, pet parent dog teams that have had some separation anxiety issues before. What do you think the most common struggles or difficult parts or obstacles um, that that people experience? Um, I think the biggest thing with maybe the probably few biggest things are people feeling really isolated. Um, Mm -hmm. Both kind of practically because they're recognizing they can't leave their dog alone, which means now all of a sudden they can't go do the things they normally do. They can't spend as much time with friends or family or, you know, work even. Um, I think it's interesting because I think that happened to a lot of people with COVID anyway, people got very isolated. We all started working from home. And so I think that then compounds for a lot of people with, oh, okay, the world went back to normal and they're all going out and I still can't. Um, right. I think a lot of people feel which I think adds to the isolation that, that others don't get it. Mm-hmm. Does right. a, um, almost like a 
not a stigma, but, you know, it feels like a criticism, feels, almost feels like victim blaming. Yeah, it very much is. I think, you know, I think people hear a lot of, oh, you just, you know, baby your dog, you're, you're not, um, you know, if you weren't my favorite, Spoiling my it. favorite Spoiling is, it. <laughs> if you, if you just, it's because you're anxious. If you just stopped being so anxious, they would say, oh, okay. Oh, well, let me just, you know, magically stop being anxious. If only I had known, <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, there's a lot of spoiling, you know, you're spoiling the dog. They, I think there's a lot what's the thing that I've, I've heard a lot. And I, I heard a lot was, um, you know, Oh, well it's how you, it's all on how you raise them. Right. Mm, yeah. Never mind that, you know, this is the fourth dog I've had and the only one who's ever had any kind of issues with anything, mm-hmm. but it's all on how you raise them. Right. And so, right. All also, of these things. Um, have, did here. you get the? Did you get the? It's just a dog. Like oh yeah yeah yeah. It's just You're a pathetic. Dog. It's like it's just a dog. <laughs> you have to live. You have, but you have to live your life. Right? <laughs> and so, on top of already feeling isolated, people are feeling judged. People are feeling like <laughs> others don't understand. They're feeling like maybe they are crazy. Yeah yeah. Um, maybe this is really my fault. And. Which then just makes you feel even more isolated. Yeah. You know, I'm the only, I'm the only person, nobody gets it. Um. I had a um, discovery call with a lady once um, and broke my heart. She was in floods of tears. Um, and basically she, she recognized that she couldn't leave her dog. She didn't want to, to leave it to panic. Um, and you know, her family would be having social gatherings and she they wouldn't let her bring the dog and she couldn't find cover for it, so she wouldn't go. And then they were turning around saying, you valued the dog over us. The yes, dog's more yeah. important to you than we are. And it really... Why is your dog really, more important to you than me? Yeah, it really destroyed the relationship with her family and she was on, you know, on the Zoom call with me crying her heart out. Yeah. I felt dreadful yeah. for her, yeah. Well, it's hard to navigate all that stuff, like... The, the judgment, I think, as you say, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it can become kind of on both sides. I think, you know, you can, you can end up with not wanting to be around those people because they don't, you don't feel supported and understood. And you know, realistically, if you say no to every invite, eventually people stop inviting you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you kind of lose, I don't want to say you lose relationships, but I think that's a possibility for some mm-hmm. people. And that, you know, can be difficult, one, because nobody likes to feel rejected, of course. And maybe you start questioning, oh, wow, there's this person in my life that I thought loved me and cared about me. And and now what I'm getting is judgment and negativity and anger and not support and understanding and validation, which is what I need. Um, And so I think relationships can really suffer. Um, I think the relationships are a big piece Um, Do you have tips for our listeners on how to navigate Mm -hmm. kind of those scripts of, you know, it's Mm -hmm. either blaming or um, just not understanding the um, training process. So maybe they're saying, oh, just leave your dog, it's no problem or whatever. Um, They're never going to learn to be okay with it if you never leave them alone. Yeah. Um, um, so um, to help pet parents that are that have a dog with separation related behaviors feel more supported, understood, validated, are there um, maybe scripts or talking points that you could recommend to help facilitate that? Yeah, and I think it depends on kind of what you're hearing, right? So mm-hmm. I know. For me, I have a, a very good friend who is 
in most areas, very supportive and understanding and, you know, can be wonderful and was repeatedly kind of giving me that type of type of advice, right? Oh, you just have to, you, if you never leave him, he's never going to learn and tough love and all of these things. And finally, one day I just kind of, and I made it a joke. Like we, we, you know, I said it in kind of a teasing, joking way, you know, but I kind of went, well, yeah, you know, I'm definitely going to do, I'm going to ignore the advice that I'm getting from the people I, you know, who are professionals that I pay to tell me what to do with my dog and do that instead. And she kind of went, no, no, you're probably not going to do that. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) And, And it really did stop after that. Like she was like, right, right. You're paying. Okay. I always um, tell people if they say I'm not a dog trainer, but you need to do X, Y, Z, just get to that first. I'm not a dog trainer, but and don't listen to anything else. Right. And then and and you know, and I've had other people who have given me advice and had these conversations, and I literally will sometimes just smile and nod. Mm. <laughs> Knowing in my head, I'm throwing everything you're saying out, and it doesn't matter. Right. And I think that for a lot of Mm -hmm. a lot of people, that's ultimately kind of where you have to go is you have to say. Is this relationship. Important enough to me that I'm going to choose not to debate this. And then depending on the relationship, you can even set that boundary and say, you know, I just. I don't want to talk about it. Right. Just know that if we're going to, if I'm going to come to your event or we're going to go out and do something, um, just treat it like I've got, you know, an infant at home and you need to give me enough notice to find a sitter. And I'm not asking you to understand why or agree with why that's just, that's how it is. And so you know, give me enough notice. I'd love to come. I'll find a sitter and I don't want to talk about it. And it's okay mm-hmm. to say things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think with, with a lot of people just drawing that boundary and, um, you know, agree that there are differences in your perspectives is a um, good way to do it. But when it's your partner, um, that can be really tricky, right? Because it becomes you can't different, just... doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It makes all yeah. the difference. So are there, um, you know, specific pointers for our listeners surrounding that type of relationship? Because I know a lot of tension can arise in those kinds yes. of circumstances. Um, you know, I think... Unfortunately, sometimes you kind of have to hate the term pick your battles, Mm -hmm. but I think that it kind of fits, right? So, okay, you think that this whole don't leave the dog home alone, you know, do this, this gradual desensitization training, you you think all this is ridiculous. And I also, you know, and I'm thinking about, about Finn with all of his things, but, you know, I think a lot of people deal with that. I'm also asking you to change this and this and this and this and this. Are there some of those things maybe I can be a little bit more flexible on? If you will give mm-hmm. me the, the space and the time to try this and see that it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think for a lot of people seeing the improvement is is enough to convince them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and, and sometimes it also becomes like, okay, well, this is how I'm choosing to deal with this. And, you know, and, and for example, you know, with my partner, we, I tend to be the one that stays home Um, again, you know, mostly because he's pretty hyper attached to me, but also because I already work from home. It's, you know, it's just kind of easier. Um, 
And so, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not asking you to never leave the house. I'm just asking you to understand mm-hmm. that I'm probably not coming. With you. Yeah. And yeah. Another, yeah. I think another thing that I think is, can be helpful in the situations where um, the way the training is being carried out is kind of the, the rub. Um, mm-hmm. If, if you can maybe explain to your partner, um, you know, this is what the research shows is the most likely way to help our dog. Um, and I know that you might not agree with it, but if you could just let me try, like you said, let me try. Um, I would love for you to support me in this way. So it's less about the training and the dog and more about your partner supporting you. Um, I think that can sometimes, um, kind of shift the perspective or the narrative a little bit in a way that maybe the partner is more likely to, to show support. And And it's always bribery as well. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Your favorite meal every single night of the week. You want like, to spend two hundred dollars on that handbag? Off you go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think you know, I think that can be a shift too in saying, you know, I understand that you think whatever it is that we should just leave the dog to cry it out and they'll get over it or whatever. But doing that, knowing my dog's going to be home suffering, is going to cause me. Yeah, so much anxiety that I'm not going to enjoy whatever we're doing. Right, right. And so I'm whether you agree with the the method for the dog or not, not following that, I I need to follow it because that's also going to help me. Right. Um, And I think sometimes people can shift that a little bit into feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, good about okay, I need to do this because otherwise my yeah. partner's suffering as well. Yeah. I mean, there's right. also that element of, um, yes, I respect your, you know, your thinking because, you know, not everybody's brought up the same way about right. how they should feel about dogs um, and, and appreciating that, respecting that, but then saying, but this is where I am, so we need to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know, you know, we, we joked at one point that we had a, a trainer that we worked with for a while. Um, and we used to joke that at some point, like our, our sessions with her were more like couples counseling than they were talking. <laughs> um, and I, and I think that that you know, to some extent was actually true because it was this other, this kind of third person who could explain, well, here is the research. Here's why we want to do it this way. Why, why don't you want to do it that way? What are the, what are the obstacles for you? Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, we are not counselors, (laughs) but we can help people navigate. Um, I think just being kind of a third party you know, we can help navigate, um, ask questions, you know, mm-hmm. just to help people think through things a little bit differently, maybe. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, that, that is, uh, and sometimes just the third party, happens. right. I can say something a thousand times. Yeah. Yeah. But when someone else says it now, suddenly it has different meaning. And yeah. I think, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. sometimes can be really helpful. What would you say to mm-hmm. someone about, um, if, if they're doing the training, um, you know, because I guess we come across, and you mentioned earlier, you touched on it, about, um, you know, the dog guardian having anxiety and they're so invested in the training um, that they can't, you know, sometimes it's even a case of their dog does the, you know, a yawn and they're like, oh, my God, I've got to rush back inside. <laughs> you know, they get too caught up in it, too anxious about it. And, of course, when they're walking out the door when they're anxious, that's not going to help their dog either. Mm-hmm. How do people overcome that anxiety? I've actually just talked about couples too. I've got a, a client couple and he's he's very invested in the training, but he's more, it'll be fine, don't worry about it. You know, she said, she said do this, 
don't worry, it's going to be fine. Whereas she's like, but what if this, what if this, what if this? And I think that's quite a common thread um, that is pretty hard to overcome. So what would you say to those those people that are struggling with that? Um, I think there's a few things. I think some of it can be, you know, and of course I, you know, am a therapist and so I always <laughs> encourage um you know, and I will be open and say that one of the very first things that I did when we started struggling as much as we have, um, is I went and found my own therapist, you know, I went, okay, (laughs) my own anxiety is, is going through the roof with this too. And, you know, I need to be able to deal with that. I have to take care of myself or I can't Mm -hmm. do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think if, if we're willing to, to come to a professional and ask for help for a dog, doing that for ourselves should also be acceptable. Um, Mm -hmm. And recommended. (laughs) I mean, I, I will, I do have clients where I, you know, if, especially if they don't have a support system, will mm-hmm. you know, try to gently recommend that they get a yeah. counselor or a therapist or somebody to talk to, to help them navigate um, this and, and do that self-care and, and, yeah. you know, yeah. learn strategies to, to help them cope with their anxiety or frustration yeah. or stress or whatever they're feeling. Absolutely. And I think it, you know, ultimately it also kind of, there's those, those, in the moment things you can do when you're feeling anxious, you know, I always tell people, and again, I kind of, it's almost a joke, but, you know, go on YouTube and type in, you know, relaxation, guided meditation. There are 4 million videos (laughs) that Mm -hmm. range from five minutes long to five hours long of all sorts of things that can help you in the moment kind of reduce that anxiety. Um, I also think that we're doing gradual desensitization with our dogs. We're kind of doing it with mm-hmm. ourselves too. The more times that I walk out that door and I see that my dog is okay, the less anxious I am about it the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if, you know, we are seeing like, oh, okay, they're getting better. And, oh, look, um, I think one of the things, one of the best things that happened weirdly, because it seems in the moment I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Um, I was, you know, doing some training with Finn and a neighbor decided to start mowing their lawn, <laughs> which, you know, I'm standing outside of my house going, go back in your house, <laughs> stop. And of course he heard them and he got up and he looked out the window and he started barking. And I went, hold on a second. He would do this if I was in the room. This Absolutely. baby no different. He would bark at those people mowing their lawn if I was sitting right next to him. I want to see what he does. I'm going to see if he can settle himself down. And he did. He, he kind of watched him and he barked and he growled and then he left the window and he went and he laid back down on his bed. And now, of course, if it had gone on for an extent, I would have come back in, but it was like, right. <sighs> knowing and seeing that behavior change, right? Where he was able to kind of calm down. I was like, oh, and this, the anxiety that built up when I saw my neighbor come out and start mowing their lawn. And then the level of like relief when I was like, oh, look, look, he laid back down and he's fine. Those kinds of experiences, right? Oh, I, one time I got caught, a neighbor decided to, neighbors are always a problem, right? Decided (laughs) to start up a conversation with me. And we actually went beyond kind of our, our target duration because I could not trying to run away and couldn't do it. Um, And again, he did okay. And so, you know, every moment, just like for them, every experience where we see them do okay, Mm -hmm. we start to feel a little bit better and a little less anxious. It's the same 
I always joke that we're really not that different from our we aren't dogs. The same things work on us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, gradual exposure and all of those learning, relaxation, That's all of that stuff helps us just as much. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, this might not really be an area of specialty. So if it's not just you know, okay. feel free to, <laughs> to not answer. But, um, you know, we talk sometimes on this show about, you know, how having a dog with a behavioral struggle can negatively impact your relationship with your dog. And, you know, we've, we've given tips on that. But um, can you give our listeners some tips on how, what are some ways that we can, um, try to repair the relationship with the, the, you know, maybe not everybody, maybe some people you're happy to let go of. Um, but you know, people who you have a damaged relationship with as a result of what's going on with your dog, do you have um, maybe some tips or strategies for our listeners about how to, um, kind of make some effort there to, to mediate the damage done? Um, You know, I think, again, you know, in a way it's, it's very similar. Um, You know, the more, the more positive experiences we have with the person, the better we feel about them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it it really kind of goes both ways, right? If you've right. have this damaged relationship because you have felt judged or not supported, um, sometimes the repair has to come from saying like, Hey, mm-hmm. I feel, I, 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 I felt judged. I felt I, I need support. Here's how, you could support me. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think the other thing that we can do is, you know, find ways to connect with people. So, and of course, again, it depends on, on your situation. Right. So right. I have some friends that can, that, you know, he knows he loves them. They can come over. And so we started inviting, okay, well, we can't go out, but you, mm-hmm. can you come over? Um, mm-hmm. And just making sure that we had those connections and still made the effort, maybe in a different way, but still kind mm-hmm. of finding ways to make that effort to stay connected um, and kind of building a connection on, on other things. Right, <laughs> right. What about and friends that we don't know who don't know him who cannot come over who you know he would I mean they could right we could introduce them that we have a whole process but <laughs> <laughs> but you know okay well I can't really invite you over but what if you know I'm gonna again put in the effort to find a sitter and still go out to dinner or do whatever and, and you know make sure that even if we don't see eye to eye on some of this, that we're still having experiences together and spending time and connecting on other Mm -hmm. things. What about um, laughing? Yeah. Yeah. What about with the dog though? So some people can end up resenting their own dog because they're that happy, that life they thought about skipping off into the sunset with their new dog um, is completely different to what they were expecting so that can have a breakdown in relationship with the dog so is there what would you suggest for people that um maybe they might resent their dog but then they feel guilty for resenting their dog and it's this horrible yeah yep yep um so you know one of my and i'll tell you a little bit i um when i first started out doing therapy i worked in a program um that was for teenagers who were struggling with self-injury, suicidal ideation, um, lots of really, you know, 
kind of heavy stuff. Um, and this program involved, there was a group where we taught skills and then there was individual therapy and the families were very involved. The parents came to the skills group with their teenager. And so everybody learned these skills together. It's an amazing program. Um, and so, you know, I think about one of the things we saw a lot in that program was that 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 would sometimes happen with parents and their kids too, right? They've got this this kid who's really struggling and they're starting to feel very frustrated and they're blaming themselves. What did I do wrong? And there's resentment, there's guilt, there's all of this stuff, right? Um, and one of the skills that we taught in this group helped a lot with those situations and lots of others. Um, and what it was called, it's called radical acceptance. And so this whole idea comes from reality is what it is, right? There's lots of things that we might wish were different. We might have imagined being different, but the reality is that they're not. Right. I imagined when I got a puppy that I would have, you know, a playmate for my other dog and we would go on walks and we would do all these things. And, and that's not what I got. Mm -hmm. And radical acceptance basically tells us that fighting against the reality that we're in trying to hoping for trying to make it different really just makes us more miserable accepting something does not necessarily mean i i approve of it and i like it right would i rather that my dog did not have anxiety absolutely <laughs> does not accepting that that's the reality do me any good no um, and, you know, I think <clears throat> when I was able to accept, like, this, this is the dog that I have, and this is the reality of what that looks like, I was kind of able to let go of hoping he was different and wishing seeing mm -hmm. every negative as oh it's another thing it's another thing that's not right and it, trying to you know i remember especially kind of early on with with us you know when when he started when we had to separate him and our other dog and i think my partner and i both struggled with trying to to well but we used to be able to do this and we it used to be like this and why can't it be like that again and when we accepted that it's not like that and maybe it can be again someday but right now the reality is you know i've got baby gates and mm -hmm. have to make sure that one dog is away before the other one comes out and all that's just the reality and when i accepted that that was the reality i was able to let go of a lot of what ifs and sadness and resentment and anger mm -hmm. um and work towards finding so, a solution <laughs> so does that look like then like for example um when i got rowan i was hoping for an adventure buddy um but he's actually more of a couch potato you know so <laughs> for, for me um and he does have like anxiety surrounding different things um and so for me, that's accepting that that's not going to be the case. And then maybe get, asking myself, well, what can he do? And then try to build skills around that. Is that kind of the, yeah, what you're absolutely. thinking or is it, am I missing the point? No, that's okay. absolutely it. Right. So no matter how much training I do with Finn, he's never going to be a dog that I bring to a cafe. Yes. Is that mm -hmm. happen? He would be miserable. I might mm -hmm. be able to train him to like 
tolerate it, but he would not be happy. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes accepting, I don't have an adventure, buddy. I have a couch potato. So what can mm-hmm. I still accepting that instead of saying, I don't like this. How do I fix it? Allows right. you to appreciate having a couch potato that you can <laughs> watch a movie with, right? Like, mm-hmm. whereas if you didn't accept that that was the case, you might be fighting against that. Um, right. You know, my my favorite kind of analogy or example of, of radical acceptance that I always give people. Um, so I currently live in South Carolina, but I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Okay. There's a lot of snow. In Buffalo. I hate the snow. Hate it. Hate it. I don't. I live in South Carolina now for a reason. Um, <laughs> but. When I was in Buffalo, whether I liked the snow or not, if I had said, well, I don't like it, I want it to be different. And so I refuse to accept that there's snow. I'm going to make myself miserable by doing that, right? I'm never going to be happy. I'm going to miss everything else. I'm going to be so frustrated that there's snow or at the even further extreme, I refuse to accept it's snowing. I don't like winter coats and boots and gloves. So I'm not putting, I'm not wearing these things. Well, now I'm angry that it's snowing and I'm really cold. Mm -hmm. Accepting. I live in Buffalo. It snows. I don't like it too bad. (laughs) Right. Can't change it. Going to have to deal with it. It doesn't convince me to love it. I'm not excited about it. But I've got my boots on and my coat on and my gloves and, you know, I'm shoveling the snow out of my driveway so I can get my car out. Like, and I think, you know, then I'm able to enjoy the other parts of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to do that with our dogs. I think sometimes we have to do that with people. Right. I Mm -hmm. cannot convince my family member friend whatever i may not be able to change their opinion and i can accept that that's just the reality and work to you know find peace with that mm-hmm. um, and I think that can eliminate a lot of resentment and frustration you know both with our dogs and with other people in our lives yeah <clears throat> that's good That's good. Do you have any other last minute tips or strategies or words of encouragement or whatever before we wrap up for for today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think one of the things that is so important, and I think we've kind of touched on it, is, you know, finding support. So Friends, family, loved ones may or may not understand it, may or may not get it. They may or may not be supportive. But you have to find some somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that's through a Facebook group of people dealing with the same thing where you know you can go there and hear similar experiences and people who get it. Um, finding a therapist. Finding... A, randomly like i have a friend who has very similar dog situation all around um that we randomly met on tiktok like Uh whatever (laughs) find your people right (laughs) um and i think that that is so important Mm -hmm. and i think the other the other piece is being patient and 
understanding and compassionate, all those things that we try to do for our dogs to do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Find to yourself, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing that sometimes you might be sad, sometimes you might be lonely, sometimes you might be anxious, and that's all okay. And, you know, giving yourself the same grace that you would, that you are giving your dog for, you know. Yeah. And I think if you have somebody to talk things through with, like you're saying, that's really great to examine those feelings and really get curious about them. You know, I'm feeling so angry right now. You know, mm-hmm. why, why, why is this hitting now? Like, did you miss an opportunity? Did this, did this, and, the, you know, and just really dig into those feelings. Um, you know, sometimes you do have to put those feelings on the back burner, um, but not forever. You know, make right. sure you pick up your feelings and examine them and talk through them with yeah. somebody um, because squashing them all the time is, is not, um, is not going to be healthy for you. I always say that, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily like socially acceptable to be walking through the grocery store sobbing, (laughs) but, but if you put that in the box and shove it on the shelf and never, never come back to it, like Mm -hmm. eventually it's going to find a way to come out. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of need both skills, right? You need to be able to, Mm -hmm. to set it aside and also know when to take it out and examine it and learn how to cope with it and deal with it. Right. Right. That's great. That's great. Um, about, Eva, um, if, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, talking about, um, I'm just getting my dogs behind me. Um, <laughs> Facebook groups. Um, my group is a good supporter fund. So separation anxiety yeah. and decode. Um, yeah. There's what I love about it is because everyone's going through the same thing that, you know, if somebody posts this is like I'm struggling with this, you know, there's a lot of support and, you know, people people understand there's there's none of that judgment we talked about at the beginning. Oh, yeah. The the internet is, you know, it's an amazing thing. Like we I can't imagine doing this before that without have being able to connect and learn and have other people who it doesn't matter where they are right i've right. connected with people in you know other countries and yeah it's really amazing how much you know information and support and of course also you know negativity and yeah yeah darkness and drama is also thrives mm-hmm. in social media but you know if you can find the groups that are supportive where people understand it can be a really wonderful place to kind of expand that circle so that you don't mm-hmm. feel so because ultimately right. feeling alone is you know yeah mm-hmm. the biggest yeah. struggle with yeah. stuff like this yeah yeah so what were you going to say Stacey about um well I was just going to ask um Eva if people really wanted to reach out to you to, to get some additional support. Um, is that something you are open to? Um, and what would be the best way for people to reach out to you? Um, so, you know, I'm definitely open to if people need, you know, additional support, if they're looking for, I, there was a a comment again, in some Facebook group, I don't even remember where it was, where someone mentioned that they tried to see a therapist about some of their, their stress and their struggles with their dog and basically got those same really unhelpful answers. Oh Um, no. It made me so sad. I was like, we're not all like that. I swear. (laughs) Um, You know? And so I think sometimes it does make people feel better. Like, Oh, this is someone who has gone through this and understands. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, all that being said, I do, I see people individually. Um, It's all through Zoom. So, you know, anywhere in the United States, I can see, I can't, I can't see outside of. um, Okay. And I work through a company called Century Health. 
Um, okay. Which typically does not do that. It, people typically access the services in a very specific way um, through like an employer and all that, but we can kind of see people privately and individually as well. Um, And so, you know, I can definitely, you know, give you kind of my email and people can send me an email if they, if they have questions about doing something like that or, you know, kind of want to know. or options. Show mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. you know, and I'm always open to, to, you know, talking to people, whether it's, you know, sometimes people just need you know, once in a while to kind of have mm-hmm. somebody to touch base with. And that's, that's totally okay. Or, you know, more often it doesn't really matter. So. Okay. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really yes, appreciate it. Good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. I love the wagging tail in the background. Oh, <laughs> so yes. I can see it. Makes me happy. He's got the best tail. <laughs> oh, neither of mine have tails. Oh, they have oh. little like nub tails, which yeah. I think are also very cute. But um, no, you know, I like a big tail. <laughs> Yeah, not a, not quite as expressive if it's a No, dog. it's not. It's I was looking like all the dog, you know, learn dog body language things and I'm like, okay, except the tail doesn't I can't there is a it doesn't <laughs> apply, yeah. It doesn't apply. All right. Well, um, thank you so much, Eva, and um thank you for listening to another exciting episode of Tales from the Doghouse Separation as I explained. Signing off from Big Bertha, myself and Mr. Big. Um, little rat bags. <laughs> no, I love them. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Thank episode you so much Tales for Tales. having me. It was wonderful. I yes. appreciate it. Alrighty. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.